This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, we're deep, deep in the heart of holiday season. Parties are popping everywhere this coming weekend, including Author You, which has for the, uh, since I'm in Colorado, I always host a, a big event and dinner party. And so far, I know I have at least 40 people showing up for dinner on Saturday night. So we look forward to that. And if you happen to join and you're in Colorado, for heaven's sakes, come contact me. But with me, I, I think that we want to do is just let's talk about how to create a successful book. And also that with my guest today, who's been with me before, and those of you who listen to Author Mentoring Monday, every Monday at noon Eastern time, you can get free coaching from Michelle DeFlippo and myself, that we're going to talk about how to create a really rock star successful book. And we get, it is unbelievable to me how we get almost the same questions at least every other week from sometimes the same people. Don't you think, Michelle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that, but that's great. We don't mind answering them, right? That we want no. the message to get through. No, we wanted to get through, and I think it goes through the old rule that you have to hear it not once, not twice, but maybe 21 times before, oh my gosh, it sinks in. Uh-huh. So we're going to go through uh, six critical requirements for a successful book, and also that if time allows, um, that I had posted a blog today um, that about you know how ideal books are uh, gifts for anybody anybody books make gifts and I'm one of those people who um, I attended a book signing of a friend who launched a new cookbook and I'm one of these people who reads cookbooks I love cookbooks and I loved I brought it home I bought it of course when you go to a book signing you buy the book to support the author and I brought it and sat home that morning and read it and I called her her name was also Michelle, and I called Michelle Morris, and I just said, all right, I'm, I'm going to email you over 20 names, and I bought 20 copies of her book for Christmas gifts for two cooking groups that I do. I have a, um, I, I like to cook, and we do a, a couple's cooking together. It's a, like a little co-op we do. And we do it every quarter. So I gave them all, each couple, a cookbook in in that group with the charge that they were going to select a recipe from that when I was host and we would see what, what came together. And it was fabulous. So hmm. there's just all kinds of things you can do. I mean, you can go to garage sales. I've gone to garage sales and I found some books that doesn't even look like the, the spine had ever been cracked. 
and bought it for a quarter. And I put baskets of books together, especially for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a great way to put a really thoughtful gift together for minimal costs. So books, you know, I'm a book addict. I confess, everyone, <laughs> Judith Bryles <laughs> is a full-fledged book addict, and I have no plans of going into any 12-step recovery plan. <laughs> so with that, Michelle DeFlippo is with us this morning. She is the brains behind 1106design.com, based in Phoenix, Arizona. And she does beautiful, beautiful books. And I think both our common our common ground is both Michelle and I love books. Um, we love the creativity that they bring and the delight that so many bring across. But we also are in deep pain with some of the repetitive things we see people do on almost sabotaging their books. So let's get into that, Michelle, right away. And welcome well. back. Welcome back. We're glad to have you again. And Michelle is also a sponsor of our show. So everyone should make sure, take note and look at 1106design.com and make sure you um, uh, subscribe to Michelle's blog with that. Okay, let's jump in here. Okay, well, thank you for that nice introduction, Judith. I do appreciate it, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to reach your audience again um, through this show. Um, as you just said, we, we love books. We love we have been crafting beautiful books for you and I. When I say we, I mean you and I have been crafting beautiful books for decades, and, and it's what we do, and it's what we love to do. And we are in great pain about what's going on in the marketplace right now because a whole bunch of uh, new players have moved into the market, and, and they are giving authors the absolute opposite message. They're teaching them how to produce bad books, and it serves them. They, they can reel authors in by the tens of thousands and, and, and make a lot of money doing it, apparently. But what's happening is books are becoming commodities, and they're, they're no longer as creative or as different as they once were or as they should be. And so it falls to you and me and, and, and some of the other um, longtime people in the business to, I think, to, to speak up and to say, you know, a good book is worth doing. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. But it's something that's worth doing because a book is the precious thing. Yeah, so, and, and it can have a, a lifetime. I mean, a phenomenal lifetime. My friend Susan Roan, who I'm the godmother of her first book, which was How to Work a Room, which went on to sell over one million copies through bookstores. One million copies. And that book just came out with its 25th silver anniversary issue last year. So um, books can have deep roots if the author will do it right and also care and nurture and feed it in the process. Right. Well, well, that's the thing, that, that the, these companies that tell authors you can self-publish for $398 and you can, uh, you can pay us $79 a month and take a year to do it, and, you know, uh, it, it's just they're not creating a book the way a book should be created. And everyone involved, from the author to the company you're working with to your editor, designer, everyone has to remember that, People can leave reviews for your book, and they do leave reviews for your book after it's made available for sale on Amazon. And you cannot escape. You cannot get away with putting out a poorly crafted book because the buyers are not going to forgive you. And that's something that gets 
lost in the shuffle sometimes when authors will say to themselves, well, I can't afford an editor or I can't afford an interior designer. And no, you, you don't need to proofread my book. I've done it enough and I know it's perfect. Well, no, you're not going to get forgiven for that. And it's, it is painful for us to see the author's dreams just crushed when those bad reviews start coming in. And so there is a purpose for what we're saying. It's not just about us wanting to do business with you. We want you to succeed. We want you to put out a good book that will sell for years mm -hmm. and years and years mm -hmm. and, and that will bring value to people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's ironic, Michelle, that you brought that up because I just wrote a blog to be syndicated for next month um, um, is your book lost at sea mm -hmm. and 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 what it, what in the hell do you do when that happens which is one of those things is when you get bombarded with god-awful reviews mm -hmm. and 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 my solution is you yank the book yep yank it get it off get it off yep. get it in front of a couple of people who will be brutally brutally honest with you and you better get a thick hideout um, and and really let you, uh, you know, have it between the eyes. What's wrong with it? And 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 then lick your wounds and go fix it and mm -hmm. come back with it. And I don't care if you did it POD. That makes it really easy. And if you've got a thousand books in cases in your garage, um, bonfire. <laughs> yeah, just, just chalk it up to education. Yeah, yeah. And and I hate to say that. I know this is is so painful, but. Every author wants to keep redoing a book. Every author just wants to keep redoing a book. I, I mean, I am no exception. When I was flying back to, to be on Good Morning America for the first time with my very first book, I am reading it, um, thinking, good idea, okay, I'll refresh myself what I wrote, and reading it again, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, why did I write it this way? We always do that. But I'm talking about really blatant mistakes and messes and things that don't make sense or god-awful editing etc so anyway let's since and since we both mentioned editing that's probably going to be the number one boo-boo wouldn't you say oh yeah oh yeah we, we talk to authors all the time who uh, most of the authors who come to us have hired a professional editor and, and that's fine and we also offer that service but a, a good number of authors will come to us and say well my best friend is an English teacher, and she, she went over the manuscript, and, 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 and we're good to go. And that's not necessarily true, because a book editor, as you know, is, is going to approach the project with a completely different mindset. Someone who does books day in and day out has a different perspective from someone who is just a master of the language. And so it's important to hire a book editor. That's one of the things that, that probably one of the first things you should do when you're setting about producing your book to make sure that, and there's three levels of editing. You've got content editing, copy editing, and then proofreading. And the content editor or the developmental editor, that's what you do, Judith, is mm -hmm. deciding what's going to be in the book. What, what's included, what's not, how is it going to be presented, in what order is the information going to be presented, big picture items uh, like that. And then after that comes copy editing where you deal with the grammar and the sentence structure and the style, and then finally proofreading. And that's usually done after the book is laid out to find all those little last-minute errors that almost got away. But all right. three of those things are needed. They're critical. And a lot of people think copy editing and proofreading are one and the same. See, that's why I've switched my proofreading to cold eye editing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and they get that, oh, and, and my cold eye 
person who does that. I have a couple people on our team. Um, they have never seen the book before. They've heard maybe me talk about it, but they have never been allowed to see it because I want them to see it absolutely fresh and have never had their fingers in it because once that happens, all of you need to be, and this is why authors cannot be the copy, the, the final reader, although you should, is that you know things are supposed to be there. You will just glance over it. You won't even see it. And, and regular editors, they've been in the book so much, they're not going to see it. All right, we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to hold it on that. Michelle DeFlippo is with us. We're talking about six critical steps to be successful with your books in this coming year. Editing, editing, editing is number one. We'll be right back. This is Judith Bryles. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. Is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these many of us have dreamed of writing a book some of us even have then the hard work starts you'll need an editor who will design the cover or typeset the pages who will format the ebook if you're a business owner, consultant, or coach with a serious message and expertise to share, the team of experts at 1106 Design can guide you through the maze. They've helped more than a 1,000 authors create top-quality books and avoid the not-so-reputable self-publishing companies. Learn more at 1106design.com. Then call Michelle at 602-866-3226. 1106design. Is there a book in you or another? Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author You is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join Author You today through its website at authoru.org. Follow Author You on Twitter at Author You and on Facebook at Author You, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. Author You, where the author goes to become seriously successful. Impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, 
business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, with me is Michelle DeFlippo, and we're talking about the six requirements for a successful book. Whether you're trying to get it done before the year's over, or you're really thinking about, okay, next, or my new baby. Um, for the coming year. So the very first is you really have to have careful editing. That content editing that Michelle was talking about, um, what's included, what's not um, in here. And Michelle, did you did you cover everything you wanted to cover in the content developmental editing? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's just right. important that you get an expert to do it, uh, you know, and not and not think you can do it yourself. We're not uh, hire a school teacher to do it, though. Even though they're very nice people, you do need a book editor. Yeah, you know, it was very interesting. There was a posting on the Author You group on LinkedIn, which now is kissing 13,000 members, and um, that someone asked, has anyone noticed how all these books, and she was referring to New York publishers, um, all sound the same, same voice, same, almost like a template. And I went back and responded, it is a template. Mm-hmm. that they don't acquire books the way they used to. I mean, they have acquisitions editor that just kind of gather up books and then they get signed to another editor and there's, there isn't that deep-rooted, invested interest in developing not only the author but the book. They just have a schedule to meet. So what's very important in your... This is critical in content editing is that the editor you select gets your voice. Um, and also understands what's going on uh, with it. Um, I, I'm working on a book right now in the nursing field. I spent 20 years speaking to nurses. I know nurses. So, I, <laughs> God, do I know nurses. So I, I can um, really get into that pain and sometimes the nonsense of it, too. So um, it's really important they do understand that. And then the copy editing is for that grammar clarity. And then the proofreading, as Michelle refers to it, I refer to it cold eye. This is done after the book is laid out. Okay, so next up, this is critical, critical, and that is your title. So jump on that, Michelle. That's right. Um, a, a compelling title is absolutely essential to stop the buyer when they're browsing through books on Amazon or in a bookstore. The title is what makes people stop. The the cover imagery and the design, of course, helps, but the, the title, first thing a title has to do is tell your buyer what the book is about immediately. We can't leave them guessing. The title has to make a promise, and it has to create the desire to learn more about your book. And so many titles are just, just don't do that, titles that come through our office. And a title should be short, maybe five words, seven words, tops. It should just be really, really, a really strong hook to catch the attention of the buyer right away. 
You know, I was, uh, I, I did a scan. I, for a couple of months, I was following some of the New York titles. They were like eight syllables, the bestsellers, eight syllables mm-hmm. or less. So that short, punchy. Now, you can have a longer subtitle. Like one, one of my books that did extraordinary well was called Stabotage, and it was written for the healthcare field. Stabotage. Now, great, it had, great title. It had a very long subtitle. Here it is. How to deal with the pit bulls, skunks, snakes, scorpions, and slugs in the healthcare workplace. Anybody who worked in healthcare knew exactly what that book was about. Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, and that's the that's the role of the main title is to tell people immediately what the book is about. I'm looking at Amazon here, the bestsellers, and a mm-hmm. couple of, of titles right here: Humans of New York Stories. Immediately, we know what that book is about. We don't have to think about it. There's a children's book here, First Hundred Words Board Book. Again, we know what that book is about. And Laugh Out Loud Jokes for Kids. No question there what that book is about. So. So that title is really, really important. It's as important as the cover design. You really can't separate the two because that's what makes people stop. And then, as you just said, the subtitle is where you can add specifics. You can use a few more words. You can tell your prospective buyer what problem you may be solving for them, what information that you're going to provide. Uh, you can give them more reasons to buy the book beyond what you just said in the title. Um, but, and So the cover text is really, really important. And, and um, again, there are people who specialize in that, people who will read your book, and they know how to pull out those hooks that are going to appeal to the buyer. So a lot of authors that come through our shop struggle with the title. They will say that to us. You know, I've been trying to come up with a title forever, and my head hurts, and, you know, what do you think of this one, and what do you think of that one? And and that's when you really can start to drill down into what the book is about. You know, in the in the developmental editing that I do, uh, when I get that, which I hear it a lot too on my side, I just said, well, you know, let that go. Trust me, I'm probably going to see something in it, in your book, that might jump, that will jump out and start doing it. And more times than not, titles have come from an unusual phrase or um, a compelling aha that the author reveals in a solution, especially in a how-to uh, book that it really does it it does work on it and i know that when i do my course on how to write a book in four weeks um that we get into a whole session on titles uh, Mm -hmm. on there and and we have a group we have a group mastermind think when we do that which is always fun on how we go through and rank it and rate it and and the scoring that happens It's, it's so telling and then the evolution that when you've got 10 people in a room and then and I and I give the author um, 30 seconds to tell everyone what the book is about which is always a challenge too um, to tell everyone about the book is about and I think we probably add add this to our Billy Nellie compelling title is to have a successful book is they need to know how to pitch their books mm-hmm. um, which should include the title in it that short title um, that they will go back to it and the and the group in the group think, which is always great fun, comes up with a variety of variables that it is amazing how they nail in um, what those titles are, and people walk away with their titles. It's very fun. 
Yeah, yeah. And and so, uh, but but creating a fiction title is a little different than creating a nonfiction title. I oh, would say non- absolutely. Yeah, nonfiction titles have to be informative and they have to be specific and direct. Fiction titles have got a lot more leeway. You can you can simply your goal can simply be to make people curious, without actually giving away the story. Um, you know, and, and so you, there's more flexibility in a fiction title. I would say. You know, usually fiction doesn't have a subtitle either. Absolutely. If anything, it'll say a novel. Um, The the thing that I think is important for fiction, and and, and the word you said was critical here, and it's called curious, that if you can create a curiosity hook um, for our fiction listeners, if you create that curiosity hook um, on, on your title, that has that in, and that that ties in with the compelling side of it. Then you've got someone who's going to be picking up that book, and of course that will tie in, which is going to be one of our other points that we're going to get into is cover design. But that that title can be fun. It can be frivolous. It can be oh my god. It can, mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be a, a variety of things. But the title, that compelling title, has got to be that first hook. That, along with the cover, that's the beacon that brings people in. And remember, and this is especially true for nonfiction, it's critical to understand what your key search words are that people are looking for in your subject matter. And if you can get that into that title, you're going to get a home run. I promise you. Mm -hmm. It's very important to understand that. Yeah. So and it, it's always important too to to understand how, when when you're the author of a book or if, even if you're only talking about your regular job it's hard to be objective about mm-hmm. how other people access it when when buyers access a book for the first time they're seeing that title and that subtitle and that cover image you haven't made the sale yet it's important to to know what the various elements of a book cover do the title and the subtitle and the image make them stop but now you have another job to do, and you have to bring them. You have to bring the sale home, so to speak. And that's where our next point comes in: the back cover text. Here's where you get to make the full sales pitch and answer the buyer's only question, which is, "What's in it for me?" We have to convince them. We have to work really hard to get them to spend their money. Well, the back cover text is something I have. I actually personally write for all our clients. Because I will think of it with a market perspective, um, which is what you have to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Michelle, you brought up something that was really important. Um, and and we'll, we'll touch on it because I want to spend some time on the back cover text when we come back after our next break. But that the, the what they have to do is, especially fiction, I see, they give away too much information. They, they try to tell the whole story of what their book is about and that's not what you're supposed to do. I want you I want you to think tease. Tease, 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 tease. Get my curiosity up. Get my juices running. Get me wanting to open this book up and okay, so what happens? Who's here? Who did what to who? Etc. And too many fiction authors try to tell the whole story in a couple of paragraphs and it's nuts. Mhm. I I don't know yeah. how to get yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. You don't want to give the story away. I mean, you want to think of your back cover as it's like a movie trailer. It's just enough to get people to go buy a ticket. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So get, we're 
We're going to come right back. We're going to come back on this because back cover text is critical, critical for your sales. And I'll go through the seconds that people spend here. This is Judith Bryles. Michelle DeFlippo, designer with 1106 Design, is with me today. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Since 1987, Color House Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Color House to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing with Judith Bryles, we will provide you with discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972. They believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask coming up you'll hear more about statistics scenarios and strategies on what to do now to get you published so let's get back to the show and here again is your host dr judith bryles Well, we've just come out of Black Friday. We had Cyber Monday, and I wanted to let everyone know that we did a Cyber Monday for, actually, we extended it for December for authoru.org, and it's fabulous. The gold membership, which opens a gazillion windows and benefits to the members. Normally, gold membership in authoru.org is $99 a year. If you join this month, the elves will convert it to 15 months. That means you save 
And that, that is a heck of a deal from getting discounts on ISBNs through Bowker to getting discounts through Ingram Spark for any printing, any setup that you have, to getting discounts with multiple uh, providers that are associate members. All of that comes with your membership. Getting a year of Forward Magazine, um, which is the number one and really only magazine that is dedicated to independent publishers and the libraries covet it when it comes through. Getting reviewed there is ideal. Getting discounts, for example, to uh, one of the top uh, book awards, USA Best Book Awards, you get a discount for your entry fee. That's just just a fraction of what you can do. So um, join authoru.org. Just click on the join uh, and the gold membership. The Elvis will automatically convert it to 15 months for you. So with that, all right, Michelle, we're into back cover text. Mm-hmm. And um, it's got to be a strong pitch. And as you said, that anytime now this is where, let me just talk about how books are bought. When people are looking at the books, Michelle has talked about how critical it is to have a compelling title. That title that, you know, that title that comes into play and comes in. And I, I actually, I think that the cover design probably should be in front of the cover text, but <laughs> I'm going to do this. That cover brings them in. And that's a, that's a three to a five second hit. That's it. Three to five seconds. Now they turn the book. They say, okay, the beacon got me. I'm turning it over. That cover text is your sales. This is your major sales page. You're going to get anywhere from 15 to 30 seconds of a, of a, a potential buyer's time here. All right, let's dive into this, Michelle. Yeah, the the back cover text is really where you either make the sale or you lose the sale. So it should be, you know, written with a marketing perspective in mind, not why you wrote the book, not not why you're interested in the topic, but why the buyer should purchase this book. That should be the sole focus of the back cover text. I always, because the buyer is still asking at this point, what's in it for me? They haven't made their decision yet, and and the the role of the back cover text is to help them make that decision in your favor. I always say start the back cover text with a headline. Don't make you know if you just have uh, two or three uh, boring bland paragraphs on the back cover, then the buyer sees that and they and they think to themselves, okay, I have to read three paragraphs now before I find out exactly. the information I really want. Tell them, don't don't keep them guessing. Put a That's headline right. there. Put yeah, a headline I, there. I, I am a huge believer of using headlines. Um, I, I, all my back covers that I write have headlines on it. Sometimes it'll have a double headline mm-hmm. um, on it, but those are com- and and they may they will come with questions often. You know, to to snag. I'm I'm talking to the buyer. Right. You know, I'm, and and really, what I'm trying even for fiction, I use headlines. I am trying to deal with their pain. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm trying to dig in because I, my book, I don't care if it's fiction or nonfiction, I'm going to ease your pain. And for your, for your thinking for fiction, wait a minute, what pain? Your pain is, your, for, for what you're doing here, the pain is you want a time out. You're looking for entertainment. You want to be able to laugh till you're incontinent. You want to <laughs> be able to be scared, you spooked. You want to have an action-packed thriller. You want to have a political, you want to have a mystery. You want to be oh, so, too 
most that's my pain okay so i my headline is going to address that and if you get that it's going to make a huge difference in the success of that buyer potential buyer reading the next point that's right. And to take a little detour for a second, uh, just this week we had a buyer, uh, an author, who wanted to put an endorsement on the top of the back cover. And that's fine maybe if you have an endorsement from someone who's famous or well-known, but I advise this author, don't put the endorsement at the top because you're giving someone else's opinion before the prospective buyer can begin to form their own. I say start with the headline, start with an intro paragraph about the book, a general overview about the content of the book. If your book is nonfiction, maybe some bullet points, you know, so so you can quickly uh, list the reasons why the buyer should buy the book, and then end with a call to action. Ask for the sale, because people want to be asked. You know, they want to be convinced to buy your book. So, uh, and then you could have endorsements. I I recommend at the bottom of the cover. If, well, if they're well, well-known people. Yeah, and, and I think a cover design, I like them. Um, um, I do little call-outs with endorsements. Or, or I actually could pull a point, and I like call-outs. I mean, I have a book that is uh, popping next week with already 800 pre-orders on Amazon called The Las Vegas Madam. And we did the um, – actually, we have an endorsement. Robin Leach, the old – you know, the guy from the Rich and Famous was mm-hmm. one of the endorsers. and um, And we did it. You know, in a, a very interesting the way we did it vertically on here instead of the horizontal going across, and then we bled the bled the color into the spine so it wrapped part of the name of the title. It, it's very jazzy. I love the look of it, and that it uh, there's everything intriguing about it as you read it, but a huge, huge headline on the back, which is exactly what Michelle is saying, to bring them in, to, to you know, this is a memoir, to entice them, and it's got everything uh, to do that, and most people wouldn't do it that way, and yeah. that, and you've got to set yourself apart, this is, this separates, you know, this, this separates the, the naive, the newbie, um, inexperienced people from the professionals, and when you start moving into the professional game plan, now you can compete with New York. And one of the problems is, and going back to, I mean, with, you know, Amazon love them because they have, they created a, a phenomenal portal for authors. The problem is they created this portal that anybody who thought they could be a, a, a writer is now out there and there is so much frickin' book pollution. You have got to figure out ways to separate yourself so you can rise like the cream to the top. And what Michelle is talking about here today with your compelling title, with with the, um, uh, the, the levels of editing, and with your back cover copy now, and using these headlines, that separates you from the pack. Understand this, please. Please understand this. That's right. And the back cover should be just as much attention to the design of the back, should be paid to the design of the back cover as the front cover. A lot of of times you'll see these boring back covers where it's just, you know, blocks of text that have have not been um, embellished at all in a way that would make you want to look at it. Um, So, yeah, so make sure when you're working with your designer that, that, you know, the attention is paid to the back cover text, too. 
Now, as far as what you were saying about Amazon creating a portal, that's true. And we hear all the time that, that, that authors are, are celebrating that the gatekeepers are gone. And, and that's great. It is a great thing. But, but, but in some cases, people have thrown away the baby with the bathwater. Those gatekeepers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Those, yeah, those, those gatekeepers followed some very specific steps, which is, is part of what we're talking about here, to make sure yeah. that when someone purchased a book, they got value for their money. They, they got a book that was well-crafted, well-edited, uh, facts were checked. <laughs> you could count on what was it between the covers. Um, it was well-designed, easy to read, um, and it was a valuable product. Now, it, it, go ahead and celebrate. The gatekeepers are gone, but but by all means, please follow the same procedures when you produce your book so that you can give your buyers that same value. Well, you know, uh, as the book shepherd, I, I think one of my greatest values is I was really trained by New York. 18 of my books, 18 of my 35 books now were published by New York. And that I really was brought up underneath that this is how you did it. There was a proper way. <laughs> to to go through that and that's my expectation that that I hold that same benchmark that yeah you're going to have editing yes you're going to have this this yes there it is going to look polished um yes it is going to be bookstore quality even if you never intend to go after the bookstore market you still have to compete with books that are in the bookstore don't ever forget that don't ever forget that. And you know, Michelle, I am um, I, I'm really pleased that you brought up about the endorsement thing because I fight a lot of people on that. I think most endorsements are worthless as, oh, I, I can't say that. Um, um, <laughs> I was going to use one of my phrases. It wouldn't be appropriate over the air. Um, that, that are a waste of time because they're either from friends or people are clueless. The only time I would put an endorsement up and a type of a blurb, if it really is someone who would be identified and connect with that buyer and that buyer would really recognize it in a field otherwise I would dump it I would put it in the front matter under praise people are talking something like that um, in the book when they first open it and use that back cover marketing copy for marketing and then and then at the very end remind people why they're looking why they got down to the bend and that they will uh, what's get them get a call of action this is what this book will do to you whether it changes your life whether it will solve your problems whether it'll take away every hiccup in the world god knows what but do that and the other thing i think that's really important is use bullet points why because they break up and give you eye candy um, and that visual. So as Michelle said, they're as critical as the design. All right, we're going to be run right back. We have one more break for you. Um, and we're going to get into one of my favorite things called cover design. <laughs> is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The Book 
shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Browse will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at My Book Shepherd and on Facebook at The Book Shepherd. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years' experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR, perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types including side sewing we provide warehousing kitting distribution inventory management a new print on demand facility streaming browser based ebooks and bookstore call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project you can also visit our website at www.tps1.com Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, in our last segment with fabulous designer, Michelle DeFlippo, 1106design.com, we're going to talk about two critical elements, the cover and the interior of going on. And I've always loved covers. I mean, I salivate over some of the covers that I see. I'm always looking and shopping. It's like when I read cookbooks, you know, I'm going through looking for things. I'm so visual um, that I want to see a really an engaging cover. And, and sometimes it takes a while um, for a cover to evolve. There's, you know, it's kind of a first hit. Sometimes it has to be tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked. And sometimes the designer gets the home run right away. Michelle, let's jump in here. Yeah, the cover, of course, like like we said before, is is what stops the buyer. Now, it's even more critical today with people buying online to have cover that grabs someone's eye right away because because they're they're seeing 
uh, unlike in a bookstore where they have to pick one book at a time off the shelf and look at it, now they're seeing four or five books on their screen and they can browse away in, in just a couple of seconds. So you have to make sure your cover grabs their attention with color, with an easily visible title, with a compelling design, something they haven't seen before. And and this, of course, is where Judith and I go crazy with, with uh, the marketplace now, which... Uh, is pitching to buyers that a template is good enough, that a pre-made cover is good enough, that you can do your cover yourself if you buy my $60 software program message. Um, it's not going to work. You have to have a creative cover if you hope to get the buyer interested in your book. Uh, the details, uh, color matters, type matters, and all of that, but creativity matters most of all because we look at things longer when we haven't seen them before. If you put your cover out with a template design that's been done a thousand times, it's not going to make people stop. So so please, please, no matter how else you may need to economize, do not skimp on the cover. It's really, really important. And, and also, let me add into this that many times that a cover, um, it, it, there's no reason why you do you have to make your cover look like everyone else's in that kind of genre. And I, I'm thinking of medical. They all look alike. They all look mm-hmm. alike. And that January, next month is January, you're going to see a, a, a deluge of diet books come out. I guarantee it. And that when the South Beach Diet Book came out, they decided not to do it in January. They moved it to May because everybody in the world was coming out in January. Diet books didn't come out in May. So the competition would be less. And take note, this is a tip for successful that even though business books come out in September and a, a boatload of financial books come out in January, maybe June might be better for you because your competition is less, you can get more media position, and you can get more attention from other people. Just a thought. Secondly, that when you when the South Beach Buy It came out in May, there was no one out and play it, and it only sold 1,300 copies, but it hit the New York Times bestseller list because there was no one else competing in the cookbook arena. The other thing they did on the cover, it is not white with big, bold print that says diet book or, you know, lose weight or whatever it is. It looked like South Beach. It looked like a fiction novel. They took a totally different approach and made a huge home run. So don't be afraid to play a little bit here. Well, that's that's true. You can be creative. You can. There's lots of leeway in any cover design. There's hundreds of ways to design any cover, and it is okay to be creative. But it's also a little bit risky. So so it's kind of a tricky lane to navigate, right? Because you mm-hmm. want people to you want people to think you're not if you're an unknown author, you want people to think that your book is just as reliable and credible as the best sellers. So it's okay to be different, but you don't necessarily on your first book want to be so different that that you look like a risk. So it's it's kind of tricky. I I always recommend emulating the best sellers, not necessarily copying them uh, item no for question. item. But, yeah. but emulating the general look. Like, for example, this, the medical books you just mentioned, you're right. They all have white co- covers. They're, they're, they're all primarily typographic co- covers. They're not particularly interesting design-wise. But if the public has an expectation that this is what a credible medical book looks like, it, it would be risky for you to go out and, and, and do something that's really, really different. 
Okay, but let me. But if you have a name, if you've got a global name, you can push it. Now, I I did a yeah, I did a medical book a few years ago um, called the Adrenal Fatigue Syndrome, and you know he was coming up with all the the standard stuff. Then I said, would you be willing to try something different? And we ended up with a mango tangerine cover. With these spirals, because adrenal fatigue is this like deep, dark whole spiral thing going on. It was very effective. And here's the other thing that's critical for everyone to do: that when these designs come in, we all look at them big on our screen. I'm going to tell you: reduce, 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 reduce it to 25 percent, so you can see what it looks like on a thumbnail, because that could axe it immediately if it doesn't pop, if it doesn't stand out. You gotta be able to be to shine above the crowd. That's critical. The other thing is, both Michelle and I are gonna tell you, get your tush to your local bookstore and you look over all the books, the brand new crop of books, and you pay attention to the designs and the colors and the fonts because that's gonna help you get your head around what you need to be thinking about because that's your competition. You don't wanna add anything to that, Michelle? That's right. It's important to look like the competition. The cover has to be well-crafted. You can do almost anything, but you can't get away with poor craftsmanship. So make sure you're working with someone who understands typography, who knows how to, how to proportionally size the elements and position them in the right way so that your book cover looks like a book cover and not just some conglomeration that somebody threw together. Now, in terms of, of reducing the cover size that you just talked about, Judith, mm-hmm. it's also possible to use a different icon. Uh, to create a slightly different design to be used only as the Amazon icon. You know, you don't want to destroy what the book looks like in person in order for it to be visible at 25% of the size. So depending on the kind of cover you're dealing with, you could, you know, make a different thumbnail for, for use in small sizes. That's a great idea. So yeah. everyone pay attention. So if you want to do something for bold, <laughs> to get the bold attention and stand out, have your designer do a slight variation um, yeah. than what you do. I think that's a, that's a fabulous idea. All right. We only have a couple of minutes. Let's jump into interior design, Michelle. Okay, this is this is this is where I love to climb up on my soapbox because you're going to hear in the marketplace now that that a book can be laid out in Word by someone who sells you a template, and uh, that is just absolutely not true. If you want your book to look like a real book, like you would get from a major publisher, um, you you might even want to go to the bookstore and buy a, a best-selling hardcover novel from a major publisher and just look at how beautiful the type on the pages is. You are not going to get that result from Word. Well, even if you are an expert at at using Word, you're just not going to get that beautiful, easy-to-read type, uh, you know, the way a, a book, an experienced book designer will work the text for you in order to make your book look like a real book. There's a, a lot of decisions that go into it, not only the choice of the font and line spacing and letter spacing and so forth, margins, but it all has to work together. There's a lot of conventions that we follow in order to to give the reader a great experience. And, and in the end, isn't that what it's all about? We want them to focus on your message. We want them to enjoy your book. We don't want them to be thinking about, gee, there's an awful lot of space between those words, or gee, you know, that 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 type looks very tight or very loose. We don't want them distracted with those sorts of things. So so that's the purpose of of professional interior typesetting. It's not you know, it's 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 not just decoration. It's to help the reader have a good experience. 
And also your interior designer. Uh, I know that when I'm actually doing content editing, I'm already, I, I automatically think of the interior design as I'm working through it because I'm such a book nut. And mm-hmm. the, in fact, someone gave me a, 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 a nightshirt that said, official book nut on it last year (laughs) (laughs) so i use it for my swimsuit cover-up anyway on cruises um that that what i do is that i i'm really already looking for those tidbits and ahas that i can tell the designer make this a call out do this Mm -hmm. to bring this over so i'm already starting to work in getting into the mind sink of the designer as i'm working with the book and if and you know most authors don't think that way, but there is. Um, let's go back to the book. You've got five, three to five seconds book cover. You've got fifteen to thirty seconds on back cover. Now they open up the interior design, and as Michelle's on her soapbox, this is where the beauty of the designer comes into play, because if it's beautifully and I'm saying beautifully laid out if it's got visual if it's not just line after line after line after line after line after God help us text um, and I know that that fiction has that but you know what fiction books we are putting um, openings and graphics and visuals in the opening of a lot of fiction books now which I really like I like that kind of variance to give it a little bit of a oomph um, as it goes along Yep. So. But, but, even, but even in a plain block of text in fiction, there's a lot of craftsmanship that goes into that to make, sure that, to, to make sure that you don't put stop signs in front of the reader and distract them. Uh, exactly. All right. You know what, Michelle? We're running out of time. But the, the, the bottom line is that you really need to understand that, that bookmaking is a craft. Um, it's not a lost art, but it is. I'm really seeing a lot of trashy stuff and repeatedly that more and more um, crummy looking, crappy looking books are coming out. That won't happen when you work with someone like Michelle DeFlippo at 1106 Design or with anyone within our team through the book shepherd it makes a difference when you can have a book that you feel you have no regrets about and that's our personal goal all right with that michelle thank you for being with us thank you judith and and merry christmas to you and you too and to everyone who's listening thank you very much happy holidays same to you okay all right that's author you your guide to book publishing this is judith bryles we'll be with you next week thank you part of your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles each week